Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. This is not a story about Israel or Hamas. This is a story about America. But it its origins are are where where they're from. I we wouldn't be seeing this explosion of Jew hatred and radical response to it if not for Hamas's invasion, not invasion, maybe, uh, but a violent attack on Israel murdering 1,200 plus. And then, of course, Israel responds, and the answer is, how dare Israel? How dare Israel is because Israel got attacked by a terrorist organization that wants to destroy them. Israel has offered multiple plans for peace in multiple ways over the last years, and Hamas has no interest because what they want is the destruction of Jews. Now that we have that as the baseline, we don't ever have to have the conversation, well, historically speaking, historically speaking, it's Israel. It's always been Israel. It's always been Jews. End of the discussion. And when there was absolutely nothing there, when we talk about it from a historical sense, not a biblical sense, there was nothing there. It's not like the quote-unquote Palestinians had some kind of panacea going. It's just not the way it worked. We know this from the writings of Winston Churchill, post-Boer War. We know this from history books. What are we talking about here? People just making it up. Israel exists they have the right to exist, and Hamas doesn't believe they should exist, so they go about killing Jews and killing Israelis. This is their methodology. We all understand it. We're good. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. That is the number. This is about America, though. I have said this repeatedly since this started. The attack was on October 7th. It came back on the air, talked about what happened. The next day was talking about how this affects Western culture and Western civilization. Because as any rational person has noted, this is about Western culture and Western civilization. What you see on the college campuses, what you see from the professors, what you see from culture, these dim-witted actors who sign letters in support of free Palestine, they support the destruction of Jews and the destruction of Israel and the destruction of Western civilization. It's what they support. All these socialist groups and everything else, Jewish Voice for Peace and Students for Justice in Palestine, all of these groups support terrorism and support the destruction of Western civilization. End of list. Western civilization is where it's at. Western civilization is the only thing that provides a future. This is Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine puts up a, uh, a, a holiday lights display. And in Portland, Maine, as is described by Hot Air, Karen Townsend reporting, they have removed the Star of David Jewish star right there on the Israeli flag. The star of David from its annual holiday lights display because a local Arab American organization complained and called it offensive. Well, I think that terrorists wanting to kill Jews, I think terrorists raping women, I think terrorists uh, uh, poking the eyes out of dead bodies, I think terrorists burning children alive are, are offensive. But if you're offended by a star, oh, okay, that means it should be removed. 
You're supposed to tell this so-called organization to shut their mouths. Go ahead and be offended. Who gives a damn about you being offended? I'm offended that an organization like this is offended by a Star of David. No one seems to care about my offense, but they're worried about these other people's offense. The town of Portland, Maine is supposed to tell these people to kiss off. Low-life scumbags that you are, we put up a Star of David. Don't like it? Too bad. That's the answer. That's the only answer that can go on. This is to to remove this is to uh, is to say that we are afraid. The mayor is using the excuse of the Constitution's establishment clause for the removal. Religious displays are forbidden on uh, public property, but it turns out local Jewish groups agreed and want the Star of David removed and replaced with a series of dreidels to represent Hanukkah. I think it was all positive intent to just try and be more inclusive. There's been no ill intention by it. It was simply an honest mistake, and it was never included on our display. Um, a couple things in, in here. First, let's go back to what I stated. This is about Western civilization. This is about the destruction of Western civilization. What do you mean a Star of David is inappropriate? How could the dreidel be appropriate but the Star of David isn't? Well, the Star of David is on the Israeli flag and you can't be seen as supporting Israel. As if somehow people can't denote the, 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 the two things. Secondly, why would you ever give in to a group of people who think that it's offensive? Wouldn't that mean that this group of people is supporting Hamas, a terrorist organization? That's the way I see it. Now you say to me, no, they're, they're really supporting the people of Gaza. The people of Gaza? Now let's get into another subject. I was told that we have to, in every single way, separate the people of Gaza from Hamas. These are two different things. Yet, I keep getting told that Hamas speaks for the people of Gaza. And then, and then I am shown this, there's a series of videos that when Hamas was giving back hostages, right, before they broke the, the ceasefire, because that's what Hamas did, because that's what Hamas does, um, uh, they, they giving back the, these hostages, there were crowds, massive crowds lining the streets and massive crowds at the site, different sites where hostages were given to the, I believe, the Red Cross. Why? They were cheering or were they jeering? I couldn't really tell which one it was but why were they there why would they line the streets if you ask the israelis about this whether it be the idf or other others this was to terrorize the the hostages that they loved having hostages maybe that's the case but perhaps there's another reason but i'm asking for it and no one has given me an answer why in the world were they there? Why were they lining the streets? Why were they screaming? They weren't screaming for Hamas to return the hostages so the bombing would stop. No one on the squad screams for Hamas to return the hostages so the bombing will stop. No one in the Democratic Party sends three or four members, including Richie Torres and John Fetterman of all people, 
saying that Hamas is the guilty party, Hamas is the enemy, Hamas rapes women, Hamas is purely evil. The rest of the Democratic Party, they don't say anything. Nothing. And they'll probably take a look at what happened in Portland, Maine and say, good, that was important. You don't, you don't want to have that Star of David up there. Oh, no, 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 no. That, you, don't, you don't want that. That could be considered offensive. This is about Western civilization and its destruction under the guise of liberalism. Now, if you want to argue that on public property you don't have religious displays, this has been argued uh, throughout America's history. Of this, I have no argument. But if you're saying dreidels, yes, and, and Jewish stars, no, we all understand where this goes because the dreidels will be next. It's as if they don't understand that we see the game being played. My argument today is, are we all sure we see the game being played? The game being played is that, oh, the problem here is that it's the Jewish star. No, the problem is Jews. Not, not, not for me, not for you, but, but for Portland, Maine, and for the college campuses, and for the college campus professors, and for the college university and university presidents who stay completely silent, and for the press corps who blames only Israel and doesn't say anything about Hamas, uh, also for the Hamas squad of Omar Tlaib and Carson and Bowman and the rest. The Jewish star is only first. Everything else then comes. Who would believe that they would just be stopping at a Star of David? Then they will start saying that you can't fly a Star of David flag on somebody's house. That's offensive. My goodness, it's like flying a Confederate flag. Wait for that to come. You know that it's coming. Thus, this conversation is about Western civilization. And about those who want to tell you that you cannot express yourself. You cannot share in a value that they find abhorrent. Because it's not that they disagree with you. It's that they will violently disagree with you. If somebody flew a Palestinian flag, you could drive by that house and be like, whatever, and move on with your day. If you flew an Israeli flag, you know you could wake up in the morning and it won't be there. I have a friend true story uh, i do have friends um text me my israeli flag is missing to which i said to him before you start blaming anybody did you check around your house it was windy last night and sure enough it was underneath the deck the wind had blown it off because he's got a neighbor who had an israeli flag out and it was still up sometimes the wind will indeed take your flag. But we all know that your Israeli flag, if you were to put it out there, has more of an opportunity to be ripped apart, stolen, than anybody's Palestinian flag. Because the people who claim to be offended aren't offended by just the, 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 the symbol They're offended that you exist and you are not specifically Jewish. In the city of Brownsburg, Indiana, which is a suburb of Indianapolis, great place, great place. 
you could drive down one of the main, uh, more main streets. But there are houses there. Remember, it wasn't a main street until the town started to grow. It was just a, although I think it might be called Main Street. That's not the point. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's a main artery. And people's houses are right there on it. Brownsburg, Indiana, as much of a, an, an Americana place as, as you could, could come to in your mind. And uh, there are homes that have Israeli flags. Now, I will bet you all of the money in my pocket against all of the money in your pocket that the people who own those homes are not Jewish. They are making a statement as one can in Western civilization. And they will be as equally attacked as any Jewish person for doing so. Thus, the conversation is not about Jews. It is about Western civilization and whether or not we can express ourselves or are we so absolutely obsessed with the people who are offended that we acquiesce. And if you acquiesce on the Star of David for dreidels, you know what I'm talking about, the top right there, Neskadol Hayam Sham, a great miracle happened there. Or if you're in Israel, it's a great miracle happened here because it's there in Israel. It's, it's a long story. I'll get to it another time. Um, that's, that's, that switch will become unacceptable. Then it will become unacceptable to have an Israeli flag on your private home. Then it will be unacceptable as they've already told you to have an American flag on your private home because that's also a symbol of oppression, so the left says, which only proves just how absolutely ridiculous these people are. The Palestinian flag is a symbol of freedom, but the American flag is a symbol of oppression is proof positive that you should not do drugs. Also proof positive of how backwards Marxism really is and how it works to subvert reality. Now, this story out of out of Portland is a, a, a real issue. But there's a, a, a um, second issue. Like, for example, in London, they've canceled their annual Hanukkah menorah event over community tension concerns. There's no community tension concern. That's a myth. They're afraid that radical Islamists are going to commit acts of violence and they're not willing to look the radical Islamists in the eye and possibly shoot them. But it's super easy to tell the Jews, too bad. The radical Islamists, the people who don't believe in Western civilization, want to destroy the people who do. And London is saying, okay, we'll be destroyed. Western civilization is at risk. This is the story it cannot be said any better than this but i must take a moment to recognize uh one of the 800 pound gorillas which is the jews who buy into this which is the jews who say well we have to be nicer well if israel would just stop doing this well i find these groups to be abhorrent you know i'm jewish I find these groups to be abhorrent and despicable and have long given up their Judaism for their liberalism. They have long abandoned uh, their, their desire for survival. They are convinced that somehow they will still survive at all, that they'll be okay. Allow me to remind all of these people that when Hamas started flying into Israel, shooting people at the concert, raping women at the concert, 
They didn't ask, hey, wait, are you liberal? They didn't ask, hey, wait, are you Jewish? They didn't ask anything. They killed, they raped, they kidnapped. They set people on fire. This is what they did. And the stories being told by the doctors who are um, taking care of the hostages, the hostage stories that the doctors are now relaying, uh, the, the, these things are, it, it's beyond description. I don't think I could share it on air. And yes, there are a tremendous amount of these Jewish groups who have bought into this idea that if it were just a little nicer, just a little this, just a little that, I'm working on it, guys. I swear to you I am. Of course I see it. Of course I'm fighting it. Of course they are wrong. They are as wrong as wrong can be. They are as ignorant and foolhardy and ridiculous and shameful as any group of people I have ever met. I'm working on it. They don't understand that they're going to go down with the ship. The ship is Western civilization, and we should work very hard to maintain it. And we should fight very vigorously against the people who want to destroy it. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. This is kind of a throwback story. But I, I thought it was necessary because you should be reminded uh, that the Biden administration, progressives in, in, in general, um, do what they want or else. And we were just talking about this a, a bit a bit earlier with the, with the Star of David conversation. But this is a conversation about your lunch money or really your kids lunch money. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Um, this started back in May of 2022, the U S department of agriculture, which provides money for school lunch programs. Um, they would change its interpretation of title nine and it would expand prohibition against discriminating based on sex quote to include discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, which is their way of saying we're not interested in women at all. And as a result, state and local agencies, program operators, and sponsors that receive funds must investigate allegations of discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation. And those organizations must also update their non-discrimination policies and signage to include prohibitions against discrimination based on gender identity and sexual orientation. So uh, a different way to say this is you let some boy use the girl's bathroom or you don't get funding for school lunches anymore. That's the argument. That's the argument that the White House is trying to make. It's certainly a bastardizing of Title IX, but then again, these are people who don't believe that women exist at all. They are fine with erasing women, so why should Title IX even be and play here, which tries to, quote-unquote, level the playing field? It's a massive change, a radical interpretation of, of what this is. So I thought it was important to come back to this as, as we're starting to see uh, some levels of, of potential implementation here. Understand how far they'll go. You have a financial issue. You can't afford lunch. Unless the schools allow children to lie to themselves and others and everybody else buys into the lie, your kid can't have lunch. That is not a loving, giving government. That is oppressive. And it's exactly who the left are. This is Tony Katz today.
do-gooders, the do-goodery, the the virtue signaling, you understand that it's all nonsense. It's a really a, about the, the willingness to accept failure as the given because the objective is not actually the thing in question. The objective is the statement. And as long as you can keep making statements, as long as you can keep striving for the goal, you can apply any level of a pressure, any level of pressure or any level of abuse upon the people uh, that you want. This is very, very true of the so-called green movement. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I have nothing against nuclear power. I actually support it and would like to see it happen in the United States. I have nothing against hydrogen power. I'm very supportive of it. I'd like to see it grow and build. The byproduct is water. It's pretty fascinating stuff. I have nothing against solar and wind. Absolutely nothing. The problem right now is that solar and wind cannot power anything. Let me say it again for the people in the cheap seats. Solar and wind cannot power a society. It can't. It doesn't work. It has no possibility of working. Anybody who says otherwise is lying, but they don't care about the result. They care that they say the words, we're going to save the environment. They care that they say the words climate change. They care that they try to instill fear in children. They care that they get everybody to buy into the fear and be afraid of their own existence and their own growth. The result does not matter. So, for example, let's take electric cars. I'm not opposed to electric cars. You guys know I have a a sponsor, a car dealership here in Indianapolis. They sell electric cars. I have no issue with electric cars whatsoever. I have been driving the Mach-E from Ford. They they call it the Mustang. I don't know why they called it Mustang, but it's unbelievable. And if they want to put an electric car into the market, let them. Let anybody else. What I oppose is force. What I oppose is entire fleets uh, being nothing but electric. I think is it Volkswagen or Volvo that's going to go all electric? It's a terrible idea. An absolutely positively terrible idea. The idea of an electric car, not a terrible idea. But it's important to note that the electricity has to come from somewhere. And that electricity comes from oil. And I am opposed to the idea of government involvement based on ideology that never once has to provide a result. This is a story from Politico. James McCullis reporting. In 2021, Congress spent $7.5 billion to build tens of thousands of electric vehicle chargers across the country. Right? Everybody wanted an electric car. You got to have the charging stations. We're going to build the charging stations all around the country. Seven and a half billion dollars of your taxpayer dollar going to build this. Or worse, seven and a half billion borrowed. So you have to pay back eight and a half billion uh, to do this. I assume the interest rates are just really high. That's it. Uh, two years later, the total amount of chargers that have been installed zero. Not 4,000, not 286, zero. 
Now states and the entire industry of chargers, uh, as the reporting goes, blames the new contracting performance requirements that have to be navigated. Federal officials have authorized more than $2 billion of the funds to be sent to the states. Fewer than half have even started to take bids from contractors to build the chargers, let alone begin construction. The system is impossible. The environmental rigmarole is impossible to get through. That part doesn't matter to them. What matters is we're going to build electric chargers. They don't care about the rest. And when there are no electric chargers built, they'll say, well, it's because of Republican intransigence. You see those those wascally Republicans, they're, they're getting in the way. What, what are Republicans doing? You already voted for the money, go get it done. But you have got a labyrinth, this massive maze that one has to get through in order to make this happen from the environmentalists and others. They're the ones pushing the green and they're the ones most in the way of these things happening. Who wants to place that bet? But there's something else at play. Americans don't mind the idea of electric vehicles. They don't want to be forced into it. And electric vehicles, fully electric vehicles, play at a high price. They play at a higher price point. Not everybody is going to buy the electric car. Not everybody can afford to buy the electric car. So why would California, and now Michigan, force this on people? They are forcing it on people by eliminating the sale of combustion engines, new combustion engines, in their states. In uh, California, I believe it's 2030. In, in Michigan now, I believe it's 2040. The, the big three are going to take that from Michigan? How the mighty have fallen. I, I would tell them maybe they want to move out of Detroit. Maybe it's time to find another home. This is a madness, a, a maddening idea not to have combustion engines. And as I have stated about California, it'll be first, you can't sell a new uh, combustion engine in, in California. Then they will start making laws preventing you from buying a used combustion engine from Nevada or Arizona. And then they will start limiting the amount of gas stations and their hours, and they'll start putting regulations on them. So eventually there are no gas stations in California. And then people will not be able to engage transport unless they have an electric vehicle or they take a bus. Does that sound like a good, stable society to you? No, it sounds like a government-controlled, centrally planned society. That society has to suck because history has shown that it does. I, uh, I'm not a fan of buses. I actually think they don't work. Now, I could not convince a city not to have a bus system because they'll show you all the people that take a bus to work and they'll say, well, of course it, 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 it works. My mathematics for saying a bus system doesn't work is predicated on the idea of central planning. A bus goes from a predetermined point to a predetermined point, predetermined by central planners, predetermined by government. This is where you should go. This is how you should get there. It doesn't allow for any freedom of mobility at all, which has become the hallmark of what Americans want. Take a look at the scooters. The bird scooters, the lime scooters, these ridiculous things that, that you trip over on the sidewalks. Why are they all out here? This is crazy town. The scooter concept 
is based on something called the last mile. And the last mile is about when you get to centrally plan place X, how do you then get around to some of the other places? Like, for example, your home. Or like, for example, um, a, a an entertainment venue or a restaurant or something like that. But this isn't for everybody. This works for younger sets. It doesn't work for older sets. It doesn't work for 50-somethings at all. Oh, sure, some of them will do the scooters, and some of them will have to have surgeries for those broken hips. The bus doesn't bring you to where you actually want to be. The bus is considered more and more in today's society an unsafe uh, uh, way to travel. And then you still have to get to your final destination. So you paid for the bus and now you're going to pay for, uh, let's say, the the, the scooter. But you can't do the scooter, so now you're going to pay for an Uber. We would be better off, I think, as a society if we tried to engage tax credits or other things to have more Uber use. Well, the problem with Ubers, it's all that all that emissions and oh no, we gotta do something about the Ubers. We actually have to charge them more. By doing so, you create less opportunities for enjoyment. You create less opportunities for travel. You create less opportunities for people to get to where they actually want to go. Do-goodery does no good. And all of these options that we are told are so valuable provide no value. But they don't care that they provide no value. In cities like Albuquerque, New Mexico, in cities like Indianapolis, Indiana, they installed this electric bus nonsense. In here in Indy, they call them the red line and the blue line and the purple line. And it's an electric bus. And they took away car lanes to be able to install these bus lanes and change how you get on and off the bus and where the platforms are. The problem is, first of all, the buses are all Chinese-made. They come from a group called BYD, Build Your Dreams. Who the hell would trust a Chinese bus company? Secondly, in cold weather, they don't hold a charge. You know where we learned this? Albuquerque. And you say to me, wait a second, I'm no expert in geography or heat or nothing, but I would think that Albuquerque, New Mexico is warmer than Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, true, they have a desert uh, there and uh, a desert kind of climate there and deserts can get cold in the winter, but Indianapolis does get colder. You know what happens in cold weather? The batteries don't keep their charge and the batteries were failing on the buses and they would stop in between stops. They would just, they, they would run out of power. So then, oh, the answer is we're going to install technology that will charge the batteries at stops it was wireless technology it was actually very very cool but now here in indianapolis they just replaced the buses with diesel the whole system didn't work you know what they said it doesn't matter who cares if it works all we have to do is pretend we aren't forced to deal in the real world all we have to do is pretend that it works In Rhode Island, uh, the former Secretary of the Navy, a man by the name of J. William Mittendorf, wrote a letter to the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying that right now there is a plan to put an offshore wind farm near Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You all understand that this is going to be a disaster. He referred to it as being, quote, ramrodded through a deficient regulatory process despite the controversy over their acknowledged impacts and questionable benefits. Correct. 
all these wind turbines that you see everywhere and name your state, they don't provide enough power to count. That's what we have learned. Some of them do provide power, but at what cost? And what happens when there's no wind? And Lord only knows what you've done to all the freaking birds. They will enrich foreign national energy companies at the expense of American taxpayers and jeopardize national security, military operations, and maritime safety. This from uh, Mittendorf, a former secretary of the Navy, in a letter uh, to uh, General Charles Brown, who's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Offshore wind complexes will raise energy costs and create an enormous environmental liability that will endure until the last turbine fails, all without ever reducing our carbon emissions or taking a single fossil fuel plant offline. Correct. The left does not care. That's not the point. How many more times do you have to see it? It doesn't matter if it works. It matters that they get you to buy in, that they do this to you, and they are able to change your behaviors for it, even if it means you have less safety and stability. Who cares if it works? Because two days from now, they're going to be on a whole new thing. Why are you talking about wind turbines? Everybody knows the popcorn's the future. We just need more popcorn. And you're like, you just told me that wind turbines were the future. You get, look at all these articles. Oh, please, always living in the past. Why are you starting a culture war? Popcorn's the future, or whatever it is that they call it. Oh, we'll just say it's called popcorn for now. That's how they work. And that is the insipid evil of do-goodery. All of these people think they're doing good. All of these people think that they're providing some kind of benefit, making life better. No one's life is better. Not a single life is better unless, of course, you're in one of these industries and you're able to to profit off of it. So unless you're somebody's brother-in-law, no one's life is better. But what does come from it is that your life gets markedly worse because they determine how you act. They control your movement. Just like with the trying to get rid of gas stoves, that's determining when you cook. Determining how much power you use. The move to electric off of gas, whether it be stoves or furnaces, is 100% a control conversation. That is not pie in the sky. That is not some kind of conspiracy theory. That is the only rational answer. And anybody who does any cooking knows that you would rather have gas than electric on the stovetop. Me, I'm a dual fuel guy. I do electric for the baking, right? Ours is a dual fuel uh, oven. Electric for the baking, a little more uniform, uh, but gas on the stovetop because, well, you, you get better opportunity to get the heat that you're really looking for as you see fit. And it's the difference between cooking and baking. Baking is science. Cooking is art. And don't get me wrong, decorating the baking, that could be art. And baking has its own level of artistry, but it's so much science. How do you make it rise? How do you create the density? How do you create the airiness? It's science. But telling people they have to have an electric this and electric that, that's about control. Society's not better when government has control. Society's better when people have control. Seven and a half billion dollars they haven't built a charger. Imagine what you could do with $7.5 billion. 
but these people won't care. They'll tell you why they need more money, and they'll tell you why you're standing in the way of a better tomorrow. But you're not. You're not standing in the way of anything. These people just can't get anything done. Stop voting for them. I'm Tony Katz. Republican debate tomorrow. I mean, we'll break it down more. Uh, this will be in Alabama. News Nation is hosting this. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Th- this has to be the moment. Going after Trump, going after Biden, going hard. And and I would argue, and we'll dig in, as, as I said tomorrow, a little bit of ignoring who else is on the stage. Ramaswamy is going to go after Haley. Haley's going to go after DeSantis. DeSantis is going to hit back on Haley. Nah. Trump, Biden. Who are you running against? Trump, Biden. Who do you have to convince? Trump supporters, Biden. Why you're going to beat him. Why you're better. Why your policies are better. Why you're more prepared. I'm just, it's just a matter of focus. You're going to focus on Vivek Ramaswamy? Why? Guy has no chance. None. Because the person voting for Ramaswamy is going to vote for Trump first. And Trump doesn't seem to be going anywhere, even though life may force him to go somewhere. But that's not the story. You have a month before Iowa. You got to make your move now. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.